It's May 10th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top story today, the European Commission is planning to issue new EU debt as early as May 18th to cover Ukraine's short-term financing needs over the next three months, estimated at 15 billion euro. Three diplomats with knowledge of the discussion told Politico. According to the Ukrainian government and the International Monetary Fund, Ukraine needs 5 billion euro per month to keep the economy afloat, from paying wages and pensions to caring for displaced populations and other war-related costs. Yesterday, United States Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo announced America will be temporarily suspending 232 tariffs on Ukrainian steel for one year. One in 13 Ukrainians work in the steel sector. On Sunday, Canada announced its intention to remove tariffs on Ukrainian goods for one year, pending the order in council being approved and registered. From 2019 to 2021, Canada collected about 2.6 million Canadian dollars of duties of Ukrainian goods annually. The Russian ambassador to Poland was attacked with red paint by pro-Ukraine activists in Warsaw on Monday when he tried to lay a wreath to mark Victory Day, according to video footage and Russian officials. In videos of the incident circulating online, pro-Ukrainian activists can be heard chanting, fascists, fascists. Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova said, quote, The admirers of neo-Nazism have again shown their faces, repeating the Kremlin's assertion that Russia is fighting neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Elsewhere, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., the son and namesake of the former Philippines dictator, appeared sure to win the country's presidential election on Monday, with early vote counting putting him ahead by 15 million votes. Mr. Marcos won the support of millions of voters who have grown disillusioned with their country's brand of democracy and its failure to address basic needs of its citizens. Pollsters stated that his support was directly tied to Rodrigo Duterte, who worked to aid a Marcos comeback during his years in power. Earlier today, his opponent, Vice President Lina Robredo, stopped short of conceding defeat but acknowledged a feeling of real dismay among our ranks. I'm also incredibly disappointed by this result and have real concern about democratic backsliding, as I mentioned yesterday. The Philippines is a treaty ally of the United States and, for strategic reasons, is important in balancing against China. But even more important is the 111 million people who have to live under a repressive regime. The U.S. should respect the will of the people, but also push for human rights and democratic values as the Marcos government comes into power. We cannot let balancing against China outweigh human rights and democracy as they did during the Cold War. Sri Lanka's prime minister resigned on Monday to make way for a unity government that would try to find a way out of the country's worst economic crisis in history, but protesters said they also wanted his brother to stand down as president. The prime minister's departure came during a day of chaos and violence, 
with pro- and anti-government protesters clashing for the first time since the unprecedented wave of demonstrations took hold in late March. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is visiting Moldova, the country that has taken in the most Ukrainian refugees relative to its own size. The UN's news website states that Guterres is traveling to Moldova to support the refugees and personally thank the Moldovans and all who assist them. Moldova is one of the poorest European countries and is heavily dependent on Russian gas supplies. In 1994, three years after it had gained independence, Moldova explicitly included its neutrality in the constitution, stating it would not take sides in international conflicts. Moldova hasn't introduced any sanctions against Moscow, but pro-European President Maya Sandu, who wants her country to join the EU, has condemned Russia's actions. Many Moldovans fear that a victory of the Russian invading forces in Ukraine could see the Kremlin march its army into their country. The World Bank approved a $150 million soft loan for food security in crisis-hit Lebanon to stabilize bread prices during the coming months, the economy minister said on Monday. Amin Salam told reporters that the loan has a very low interest rate, but the minister did not make the rate public. He used the term soft loan, indicating a below-market rate of interest. More bodies were pulled from the ruins of a luxury hotel in Cuba's capital Monday, bringing the official death toll of a powerful explosion at the iconic building to 40. Dr. Julio Guerra, chief of hospital services of the Ministry of Health, said at a news conference that more bodies had been recovered on Monday. He added that there were still 18 people hospitalized for injuries from Friday's blast at the 19th century Hotel Saratoga. The explosion was caused by an apparent gas leak. The five-star hotel was set to reopen after a two-year renovation. In lighter news, a South African athlete officially broke a jump-roping world record when he completed 71,185 skips in eight hours. S.D. Hines took on the record at Times Square in the Minlan area of Pretoria. His rope skips were tallied by the sports science lab using electronic equipment. The previous record of 70,031 skips was set by U.S. athlete Sela Rosarega in 2019. You really have to watch the video and see how fast his skips were. Truly impressive. Just as impressive, every morning, Chris and I do this podcast on one foot. Your move, Guinness Book. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at daily at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. And bonus, weekend briefs. Last weekend's bonus brief featured an interview I did with Paul Massaro, an expert on corruption and sanctions policy who currently works at the Helsinki Commission. Thanks to our new members like Emily from Colorado and our longtime members like Wendy from New York for making these interviews possible. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, 
Tune into Deep State Radio today to hear David Rothkoff, Rosa Brooks, Ed Luce, and David Sanger analyze the latest national security and foreign policy news. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.